Welcome to the National Vaccine Information Center's Vaccine Risks and Failures podcast series. These podcasts are from previously recorded and referenced commentaries and articles produced by MVIC, a charitable nonprofit organization. My name is Barbara Lowe Fisher. My son was injured by DPT vaccine in 1980. And this is a reference commentary brought to you by the nonprofit National Vaccine Information Center that can be read on NVIC.org. There have been hundreds of media stories published in the U.S. and around the world since January 14, 2015, the day after it was reported that visitors to Disneyland got measles and presumably infected other people in California, Washington, Utah, and Colorado. Like wildfire, the story spread globally, even though there was, and still is, limited information about the 51 lab-confirmed cases of measles public health officials say are linked to the happiest place on earth. According to a January 23 health advisory issued by the Centers of Disease Control, quote, no source case for the outbreak has been identified. The U.S. has a population of more than 320 million people, and 38 million people live in California. So it is curious why a handful of measles cases prompted one California newspaper to quickly place blame on parents making informed vaccine choices, calling them ignorant and engaged in a, quote, self-absorbed rejection of science. Astroturfers and trolls saw that kind of talk as a green light to do more of it on public comment boards, suggesting that children with vaccine-related brain injuries are genetic mutants and calling mothers of vaccine-injured children liars and witches. Dr. James Cherry, a prominent UCLA pediatrician and infectious disease expert, publicly joined in the blame and shame game hurling insults at parents declining to give children every one of the government-recommended 69 doses of 16 vaccines, including two MMR shots. Dr. Cherry said, quote, there are some pretty dumb people out there, and quote, some people are just terribly selfish. Name-calling is a convenient way to deflect attention from inconvenient truths about vaccine failures and the dissolving myth of vaccine-acquired herd immunity. Case in point, there were 600 cases of measles reported in America in 2014. Even though 95% of children entering kindergarten have gotten two doses of MMR vaccine, which is also true for 92% of school children ages 13 to 17 years. Plus, less than 1% of children under age three are completely unvaccinated and 92% of them have gotten one or more MMR shots. In some states, the MMR vaccination rate is approaching 100%. According to Dr. Cherry, measles vaccine acquired herd immunity is in effect with a measles vaccination rate of more than 90%. Well, that's been true in America since 1981 with one dose of MMR vaccine and since 2000 for two doses of MMR vaccine, which is one reason why the CDC declared measles eradicated from the U.S. in 2000. But clearly, measles virus has not been eradicated from the U.S., just like measles has not been eradicated from any other country. And emerging scientific evidence suggests it never will be, no matter how many doses of MMR vaccine are mandated for every man, woman, and child in the world. Why is a big deal being made out of 51 cases of measles reported in the U.S.? 
Perhaps public health officials would prefer that the media and the public focus on a handful of media ca measles cases at Disneyland and not focus on the fact that millions of Americans have gotten flu shots that don't work. And healthcare workers are being fired if they don't get flu shots that don't work. If you got a flu shot this year, it will do absolutely nothing to protect you from the influenza strain making most people sick. Worse, scientists have confirmed that the more often you get an annual flu shot, the less effective it is. How many vaccinated people are attending schools, going to grocery stores and working in hospitals and doctor's offices? Without a clue, they are infected with shedding, with shedding and transmitting influenza virus because they only have mild flu symptoms or no symptoms at all. And it is anybody's guess how many children are getting sick after live influenza vaccine is sprayed up their noses or are shedding vaccine strain live virus that could make other people sick. The pertussis vaccine is failing too. Like measles, in recent years, there have been huge increases in reports of B. pertussis whooping cough among children and adults in California and other states. And many of those people have been vaccinated. That was true for pertussis outbreaks in the U.S. 30 years ago, too. Now public health officials are finally admitting the truth that many scientists have been publishing for a long time. You can be fully vaccinated for pertussis, get infected, and show atypical or no symptoms, and spread whooping cough to vaccinated and unvaccinated persons. In fact, Dr. Cherry himself admits that there are millions of undiagnosed B. pertussis whooping cough cases every year in America, even though 95% or more of America's school children have gotten multiple doses of pertussis-containing vaccinations. In 2013, Dr. Cherry wrote, quote, neither B. pertussis infection or B. pertussis vaccination elicit long-lasting immunity. Infection and illness repeatedly occur in all ages throughout life, end of quote. So much for the myth of pertussis vaccine-acquired herd immunity. It isn't very scientific to blame pertussis or influenza outbreaks on unvaccinated people. And it isn't very scientific to, play, to blame measles outbreaks on unvaccinated people either. In some outbreaks of measles in California last year, nearly 20% of the people had been vaccinated. The CDC says that 12% of the measles cases associated with Disneyland were vaccinated, some of them with at least two doses of MMR vaccine. Measles vaccine acquired herd immunity is a dissolving myth too. Public health doctors are scrambling to explain leaks in measles vaccine immunity and have come up with this lame excuse. They say they just discovered that one measles vaccinated adult in 10 is now susceptible to measles because vaccine immunity wears off. They call it waning immunity. Now get ready for the sucker punch. Dr. Cherry told a TV network last week that the solution to waning measles vaccine immunity is to give additional doses of MMR vaccine to adults. That's right. Let's just mandate more MMR shots for millions of Americans and make Merck stockholders really happy. But who is Dr. Cherry kidding? We all know that adults are way too hard to pin down unless you threaten them with loss of a job or medical care or put them in prison. So I predict that the third MMR shot will more likely target high school students 
and people trying to get a college education. Dr. Cherry's solution to reported measles cases at Disneyland reminds me of when doctors told parents in 1990 that they didn't realize one dose of MMR vaccine would fail to provide lifelong immunity after all. So kids are going to have to get a second dose of MMR. The inconvenient scientific truth about measles in Disneyland and around the world is that public health doctors do not know how many vaccinated people can be infected with measles, show few or no symptoms, and transmit measles to other people. Government health officials do not conduct routine active surveillance of vaccinated people to find out if they are experiencing asymptomatic or atypical measles and transmitting it to others. In addition, there are published studies demonstrating that people given live virus measles vaccine can be infected with vaccine strain measles virus and shed vaccine strain measles virus. Health officials do not conduct routine active surveillance of people getting live MMR vaccine to monitor for vaccine strain measles virus infection, shedding, and the potential for transmission. Most doctors and parents don't know that the CDC warns, quote, during outbreaks, measles vaccine is administered to help control the outbreak. And in these situations, vaccine reactions may be mistakenly classified as measles cases. A small proportion of measles vaccine recipients experience rash and fever 10 to 14 days following vaccination, end of quote. Yes, MMR vaccine can cause vaccine strain measles infection that looks just like measles. Plus, other common viral infections like adenovirus infections can look just like measles with rash, fever, and conjunctivitis symptoms and be diagnosed as measles unless there is expensive RNA lab testing done to confirm that what looks like measles really is wild-type measles. And now for the second sucker punch, at least for families living in California. Dr. Pan, the pediatrician politician who lobbied in 2013 to pass a bill restricting non-medical vaccine exemptions for children to attend school, told one California newspaper last week that he intends to introduce new legislation to do more damage to the ability of parents to weigh the benefits and risks of vaccination and make voluntary vaccine choices for their children. Will California health officials take away religious and conscientious belief vaccine exemptions and leave doctors like Dr. Pan and Dr. Cherry in charge of who gets a public education? The hype about 51 cases of measles reportedly linked to Disneyland has more to do with covering up vaccine failures and propping up the dissolving myth of vaccine-acquired herd immunity than it does about protecting the public health. It has a lot to do with defensive doctors trying to blame a minority of parents who are refusing to place irrational faith in them and their moving goalposts and are choosing instead to think and act rationally. That third MMR shot is coming to America. And so is a massive pharma-led lobby attempt to demonize and punish all Americans who defend the human right to exercise informed consent to medical risk-taking, including vaccine risk-taking. The calls to strike down those who do not use every dose of the growing list of government-mandated vaccines is on a fast track. It will include banning the unvaccinated from exercising the right to get a public education, medical care, employment, and many other human and civil rights. The battle lines are clearly drawn 
Now Americans have a choice to make. Will we stand up and fight to protect our freedom, to make voluntary decisions about which vaccines we buy and use, or will we permit liability-free drug companies and government health officials to take that freedom from us? Go to nbicadvocacy.org and learn how you can take action to protect vaccine exemptions in your state. Learn more about the risks and complications of measles and measles vaccine on nbic.org. And if you or your child have been vaccinated and the vaccine failed to protect you or caused harm, you can report and share your experience with others on nbic.org. It's your health, your family, your choice. Before you take a risk, find out what it is. To learn more about vaccines, diseases, and the human right to informed consent, visit mvic.org, the website of the nonprofit charity, the National Vaccine Information Center. Since 1982, MVIC has worked to prevent vaccine injuries and deaths through public education and to secure informed consent protections in U.S. vaccine policies and laws. Visit mbic.org and mbicadvocacy.org to get well-referenced vaccine information that you can trust and share with your family, friends, and members of your community. It's your health, your family, your choice.